It's episode 22 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of November 2nd, 2022. My name's Logan Plant, joined this week by Chris Schreiber. Hello. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. I'm not dead, despite uh, no. what I told you on Twitter. I just yeah, felt like I was dying. Sick, but back. Odell Harmon Jr. not with us this week. Instead, we have a very special guest. Introduce yourself, mystery third person here on the show. Uh, hi, I'm Aaron McDevitt. I am the lead developer, solo developer so far of Arrow GPX, and um, happy to be here to discuss my game, and it looks like some F-Zero stuff on the list, so should be a bunch of fun. Yeah, welcome, Aaron. Really happy to have you. Aaron and I have known each other for about a year now uh, when I saw Arrow GPX on Twitter, and, and we talked, and there's a feature up on IGN about his game that you can check out. And recently, Aaron, your game went on Kickstarter, about 12 days to go in the campaign, and you're fully funded, so congratulations. That's, that was really yeah. awesome to see. Thank you. Um, kind of insane. I'm still reeling from how well that first you know four or five days went so it's kind of all icing on the cake from here on out it's amazing really it's yeah, well, you can say you've been working on this game for three years now so how did it feel when in what three days time it got fully funded um it just it's one of those things that's on such like a grand scale that i've been kind of you know thinking might happen for so long that I don't think it's still fully registered in my brain, but <laughs> it has been three and a half years of a lot of effort, a lot of learning and development that's kind of built to this. So it's just kind of a, it's an indescribable feeling, but it's, it's mostly good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about AeroGPX a lot here in the first half of the show. Then we're going to get into a little bit of an F-Zero retrospective, talk about the series, kind of chronological order, start to finish and the long 18 years since the last official entry in the series. And then we're going to get to our email segment to wrap up the show. So let's get into it. Arrow GPX, Chris has played the demo. I've played a ton of the demo uh, over the last couple of weeks or so. But let's hear let's hear from Chris first. I know you're an F-Zero GX fan. You like those older ones. What do you think of playing Arrow GPX with your first experience with it? Oh, it's like coming home. I mean, it. It. I haven't, you know... Uh, Every now and then you get nostalgic, right? And like now at least we can say we can say that about F Zero GX. Like it is a bit of an older title at this point. Um but coming into uh this game, it it's just such a relief seeing like it there have been so many different types of F Zero likes that have come out over the years. Like you have a wipeout, like wipeout is one, red out, um, and fast RMX all come to mind and they're all games that like I, I would dabble with for like an hour. Um, and they just didn't have that flair. Um, you know what we're seeing of the character art, um, you know, through the Kickstarter campaign and everything like that. Like it just feels like it has a lot more of that, um, cyberpunky like DNA that F zero was kind of known for. Um, and I'm I'm super excited to see where it all goes. Um, I really like <laughs> it's like so weird. Um, I really like throughout the demo, like all the different like this is where I would put the celebration page if I had one. And like all those, like, you know, little little nods. <laughs> all, and true. Like that. <laughs> all true. All <laughs> true. But yeah, I'm absolutely loving my time with the game. Awesome. Glad yeah, I've played. That. I've played a lot of F-Zero likes also, and I think that most of them come down on the side of the fence of being a lot more like Wipeout 
than F Zero. Yep. And so when when I played this game for the first time, I'm like, man, you just nailed it. It is it is so F Zero X and GX specifically, not really the other more classic 2D ones, which we'll talk about a little later. It's it's very much in that that home console vein. Man, Aaron, how'd you do it? How did you nail a game that feels so close to that original source material? Um, a lot of it was just kind of painstaking detail orientation to like the nth degree i i can't like i can't even describe how like in those early days how much time i spent just going frame by frame through footage of both f0x and f0gx just like frame by frame just seeing like like emulators came in handy too like i would go i would emulate and go frame by frame through the games and just kind of like okay so this is how it responds whenever i move the analog stick this much on this vehicle um but it's just mainly kind of a trial and error process too at the end of the day where like i would try something i would like edit the physics of my game or tweak a little thing in the handling okay that doesn't feel that doesn't feel right like that's the main thing that I can just say is just going by feel and having those three years to kind of build upon it and just figure out what, what felt the best, what felt like home, like Chris said, and kind of just try and hammer it down and really hone in on those specific little things, which is, I think, just boils all the way down to like how responsive the game feels whenever you move the analog stick. Like... That's the main thing is just making it respond instantly to your input and uh, just kind of going from there, building from there. Yeah, and something I really like about this game, and I think it says as much on your Kickstarter page, is that your only weapon in Aero GPX is your ship. And that's something I always really loved about F-Zero. And when these other games introduce power-ups, it's like, make it feel a little more like Mario Kart than kind of the you're in control, uh, kind of less, the less luck-infused gameplay of F-Zero. So... I really like that part about it, but you're also introducing a lot of new techniques. There's like the, the drill diving in the air, which just looks absolutely insane. People on Twitter are already breaking some of the courses from the demo <laughs> yeah. you put out. They're like yeah. shattering times that I thought would have been possible. So talk yeah. about some of the advanced techniques and, and how you kind of brainstormed those to in Aero GPX. Um, so they are, uh, again, sort of iterations on things that you could do in F-Zero. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, I think I've made the techniques more approachable. Um, but mainly, yeah, the drill dives, whenever I was thinking initially about how to add a big twist or a big spin on the formula that we all you know know and love, I was like, okay, F-Zero, it, it does jumps, and being in the air does play a big part in F-Zero games. I think that is another thing that's kind of unique about F-Zero's, you know, uh, flavor of anti-gravity racing. So I was like, how about I just take that to the next level and I add in something like, you know, the slipstreams that you can fly in all directions through, up and down, left and right. You can dive in and out of them. And... I was looking for ways to just spice that up and make it more fun, and I just came back around to watching old F-Zero X uh, time trials and world records and stuff because there's a couple of specific techniques in that game, uh, the double tap dives and the diagonal dives in particular, where you just you go up into the air and you, you commit to an angle, you do this crazy like analog stick input that I can't do anymore because I've lost it in my years of age. <laughs> I used to be able to do it, but now I can't. 
But I was like, that's super badass. I'd like to have something like that in my game. It's kind of a natural step, a natural thing to add in since I'm throwing in so many airborne aspects to the game. So I started kind of prototyping it and working with it, and it just kind of grew from there. And it's, it's I think, one of the more fun parts of AeroGPX that allows you to build a ton of speed. And it's a cool little risk-reward thing, too, since you have to kind of commit to a diving angle and stuff. So it looks flashy. I like it. Um, that's, a, that's a big part of what I've added. And then I've also got, like, the hypersliding, which... You know, you pull the triggers in a particular way and you can slide and drift and build speed around corners and stuff. So I, I have tried to, to add in a couple of really fun things that'll keep more avid fans of the genre a bit, a bit more busy with learning the game and really optimizing it and going as fast as they possibly can. Uh, that should be fun. The spin grind where you do the spin attack and you strafe against a wall, you'll build a bunch of speed. So I've put in a, a ton of little things in there to allow people to like, race on a razor's edge and and uh have a lot of fun building speed and and going as fast as they can what what's it been like seeing people play your game after you worked on it kind of toiling away on it your own for so long and then to see it out there in the wild it's awesome um i i'm glad i'm very fortunate to have have made something that seems that seems to resonate with people people are enjoying it which makes it a lot easier to kind of listen to to feedback and see what people are are uh saying about the game but it's it's honestly been amazing to see as many people play it and uh share their thoughts about it it's it's a great feeling because i have been kind of working on this for over three and a half years now mostly solo i put out a couple of like little pre-alphas and like testing things that you know some people got their hands on back in the day um but for the most part, there hasn't been very much like feedback or, or very many hands-on, so it's been an amazing experience getting the demo out there and uh, A, seeing people absolutely destroy my best times. <laughs> That's been yeah. fun. Like, I don't know if it's like a, a, a side of masochism in me or something, but it's been so fun seeing people blow away my best times. Like, I'm no longer the best in the world at my own game. Weird to say. <laughs> but um, And B getting getting a lot of useful feedback you know people saying things like hey i love most of the game but i think these little things could use tweaks and it's been uh extremely useful because i'm a solo dev so far so there are blind spots that i that i have that uh having other people get their hands on and uh shed light on has been extremely useful but for the most part, yeah, it's been awesome seeing people play the game and have fun with it. So I'm pumped. I'm so glad to have the demo out, and I'm just kind of over the moon with the reaction so far. In terms, in terms of like your what, like it, I feel like it would take a certain type of mentality to to get. Like I'm a huge Banjo Kazooie fan. Right. And like nobody's really done much with that franchise or that style of game like in a very long time. Mario Odyssey's kind of close to it. Um, but I would love to have the ability to like put on the Infinity Gauntlet like Thanos and be like, fine, I'll do it myself. Like what brought you to that point where it was like, well, Nintendo's not making this uh, this game in a franchise that I love so much. Like what what drove you to finally say, you know, what, I'm going to do this. 
Uh, well, actually, I think like a lot of indie game projects, it started out where I was, I was floating around between like you know eight or nine different project files because I had been working with Unreal Engine four for like two and a half, three years up until that point. And then before that, I had been working with like Unreal Development Kit. I was modding maps into Unreal Tournament 2K4. So like I'd, know, I'd known my way around the Unreal Engine for a while. But I was just kind of looking because I wanted to take that step into like actual game development and possibly be an indie dev. And I was just floating around between like eight or nine different project files. And one day I was like, hey, I really like... F-Zero. I really like Wipeout. There hasn't really been a game like F-Zero since like GX back on the GameCube. It's not an easy uh, it's not an, it's not a game that's easy to experience nowadays. Like you either gotta emulate it or you gotta play it on like original hardware, which both things you gotta jump through hoops to do if you wanna do it legally. So I was like, you know what? I might as well just kind of fire up another project file and see <laughs> just how difficult it would be to like um make a game similar to f-zero turns out it's really hard by the way it's extremely hard <laughs> but anyway um yeah it was basically just i want to give this a shot let's see what it's like let's see what math i need to learn it was a lot of math um and it was just it was it was born from experimentation but there were there was this eureka moment where i was like okay it's starting to feel really good. I'm honestly seeing a lot of potential in this. Um, I think I started posting a couple of short little videos on like Twitter back in 2019. And even those, whenever I had like zero following, were getting a significant bit of traction. And I was like, I think it's time to kind of buckle down, plant my feet, and really start working on a full game and try and, and flesh this out and make it into something... A, that kind of respects its roots and wears its inspiration on its sleeve, but, you know, modernizes it, brings it to PCs, modern devices, and allows people to experience, like, this specific type of of racing, of arcade racing at the very core that, you know, is not really easy to experience anymore. So, yeah, it just kind of started with a project file and a, and a, a hope and a dream that maybe I would be able to figure it out. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like your development experience, like were you doing something at, you know, some like random small dev shop or uh, is it, are you self-taught? Like, no, this is all self-taught. That's awesome. Yeah. I never went to school for game design or game development in particular. Um, I did uh, go to college for um, computer science, but that's about, that's my only formal education whenever it comes to things like this and anything game dev development related has always been, you know, hobby since I was like eighth grade in junior high onward. Wow. That's great. Very, very. So cool. was there ever any moment during development of learning all this math or learning how to do all these things that you kind of hit a wall or really had to, you know, get over a hump to keep the project going? Quaternions. <laughs> that, that, that's the answer right there. Um, a four-dimensional way of rep representing three-dimensional rotations. Um, I still only have a layman's understanding understanding of quaternions, but that was the really first, like the first really big wall that I hit. Um, what is that? Like a, a layman's? If you had to give a thought, like the elevator pitch of what that is, because I've never even um, heard that phrase before or that word. 
so normally whenever you think about a rotation, like you've probably heard roll, pitch, and yaw, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those are Euler rotation like values, roll, pitch, yaw. Well, quaternions have a fourth value um, referred to as in most places, at least in Unreal Engine, it's referred to as W, just the letter W. Um, but the other three values, they have, they're just letters too. I forget what they are in Unreal Engine even because I don't go diving into this, the data structure very often. But um, basically it's, it's four values to represent a rotation instead of just three and allows you to avoid something called gimbal lock which whenever you go to rotate an object in a game if you're doing it in the euler rotation way with just the three values it has to do one after the other so it'll like roll the object it'll pitch it and then it'll yaw it and there's just like certain angles and certain things that once you hit them like you're it kind of locks up and euler Euler rotations just can't handle it. They're just like, okay, this is like way beyond me. I'm struggling. I'm locked up. Okay. Fix me. Um, and Unreal Engine only has Euler rotations by default. So I had to dive in back then into C++ code, which I had, I had not really dabbled with very much up until that point. And then I also had to kind of explore the black box of quaternions, which I still don't fully understand. <laughs> but yeah, they're like... That was, I would say, the first really big wall that I hit was quaternions. And I think a lot of game developers will say the same thing. Because I think in Unity, like the other you know, really big engine that indie devs use, I think quaternions are the default. So you just kind of have to hit that wall like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was spoiled with Unreal for a while, but then I did have to learn. I did have to do my, uh, my due diligence and learn quaternions. Man. That's impressive. I, I give know you so little about yeah, how games no, actually I, work, I give Chris. You credit. Like it's the type of thing where I like to think that I can do. Like I'm in uh, systems engineering, so like mm-hmm. like IT work all day, um, and I like to think I can figure certain things out. But like I I applaud you and anybody that does game development, especially like you coming from like a hobby space and everything like that, and sticking with it. Because if it was me, I'd be like, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> Just throw my hands up and walk away. I'm stupid enough to bash my head against the brick wall until I break (laughs) through the other side. That's like the way I've always put it. Like that's the only thing that like keeps that keeps me driven about learning so many different things that you have to learn as like a solo dev is like I'm apparently obsessed with just bashing my head against that brick wall. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So that's that's a good dive into some of the more technical side of things. Uh, let's talk about some of the some of the set dressing to your game, music and uh, character design, character profiles. Uh, I know that you're partnering with a couple of other creatives to get that stuff done. So yeah, I am partnering with two people as of right now, and I am ridiculously excited about it. In fact, Myron, uh, the musician that I'm partnering with, who I've you know wanted to partner with since day one. He actually just sent me a new song earlier. I haven't listened to it yet, so awesome. uh, I'm pumped to listen to that. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm super excited. Myron is an excellent musician. He's absolutely perfect for the project. Um, I like I kind of mentioned earlier. He's been in my like he's been in my sights since day one. Like, in fact, my original elevator pitch once I started running with it was F Zero like game with its own twist with that basically works as a Myron soundtrack soundtrack delivery system. So, um, yeah, I'm super pumped about him. 
Nori, I am a little bit less familiar with because I've only uh, been following him on like social media and stuff for like a year and a half now, I would say. He lives over in Scotland, but I absolutely love his work. His art style is beautiful. He does a lot of amazing graphic novel work that I thought would be absolutely perfect for the type of uh, uh, vibe I'm trying to go with AeroGPX, so... He'll be absolutely perfect for the pilot art and the promo art. And whenever I initially emailed him, he actually said F-Zero is really special to him and he's pumped to start working on pilot designs and stuff too. So it's going to get real wacky and cool with those. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I couldn't be more happy with the the two people that uh, decided to to uh, be a part of AeroGPX so far. I'm I'm pumped. And are you gonna? Are you uh, kind of helping decide what the character bios and backstories are gonna be like? Or are you leaving that up to your artist? I have a bunch of like I've got my own like sort of lore bible thing that I've been uh, actually for the last like week or so I've been paying a lot more attention to and fleshing out since since the game is funded I and I haven't really worried about that type of stuff up until now I've actually really been uh, hammering down exactly what I want. Um, to be what what I want the pilots and stuff to be like what if there's any hard rules or anything but uh, uh, for the most part I do think I want to let Nori just explore and try different things I'm doing a similar thing with my own where they you know make whatever music you want to because you know the vibe I trust you you're an excellent musician I feel the same way about Nori he's an excellent artist he's uh he's got the brain for it I like I just I'll let him I'll let it be a, a sort of playground and try things but I do have some ideas like mainstay characters like you know I got to have a main like mascot character for the game and stuff I think I'm going to come up with that design mostly myself and you know do a terrible 2D like chicken scratch <laughs> sketch I'm a terrible 2D artist which is why I'm getting Nori for this but I'll do I'll do a little like sketch or something. But other than like the main mascot, I've got some ideas of like what the pilots could be like, and some you know this type of person or this type of robot or something. Just general sort of ideas. But for the most part, I think I'm okay with letting Nori have have fun and design some stuff. So cool. And then last thing I think we should talk about. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's just my favorite aspect. I think that you that you've switched up from F Zero X and GX is the different boosts for health and the boost bars, the different oh, yeah. kind of um, re- refillable pads for that. Because in F Zero X and GX, it's the same. The same. You go over the pink strip, refills your bar, and then you use your health for your boost. But this, you separate them, and I think it can lead to some really cool track design because. You as the player, if you're low on health and on boost, it's like, okay, do I want to risk it all to go faster or restore my health here and lose some spots? And I just think that's a really cool kind of twist on the formula that's still staying true to kind of that risk-reward system, but is totally unique in its own way. Yeah, so that is one thing. Um, I've mentioned it before where the unified health and boost, I I honestly think is very much a part of like uh, F-Zero, F-Zero's iconography, like, Ripping that one-to-one, I feel like, would be boring as a designer, and it would be, like, way too on-the-nose. So I wanted to find a different way of um, providing the same sort of gameplay experience, the same sort of, like, decisions that you would make throughout a race, 
but in a in a different way and that was just one of the first ideas that I came up with and I tried it and I prototyped it for a while and it didn't feel right but then the the eureka moment was splitting the refill zones into two as well and having them parallel so you had to like choose one or the other um and like you said, yeah, it'll be fun to come up with track designs. I've already got some like prototype tracks that aren't in the demo or anything that I'm really messing with the like the formula, the established formula of always having the refillers at the end. Well, I've got some prototype tracks where like there's not even a health refill zone in the entire track. So like, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> like you just you go fast or you die. So um <laughs> And there's other things that I'm doing too, like having boost refill zones a bit earlier on the track. And like, it'll be really fun to play around with. And I honestly do think it, it's a cool change because the more and more I see other people play the game and the more and more I think about it, the more that I realize that it kind of promotes a really aggressive style. Like whenever you KO other racers in my game too, I give you both health and boost. So like, constantly push forward and just try and snowball as much as you can destroy other racers get a lot of boost go fast and it just kind of it, it promotes a really aggressive style of racing that i think is fun because in f-zero if you boost a lot sure it's cool that like that's also your health meter but then you're like always on a razor's edge you get the refill zone you're back up to full health so you're not really in danger anymore but i think it's really cool to like have two bars if you get hit by the AI a ton or hit some walls and you're really low on health, but you still want to go as fast as possible. You just got to deal with being on the razor's edge for the rest of the race, getting boost and foregoing health. So I think it's a cool, cool little twist that should be a lot of fun um, to design around and has been a lot of fun to design around, but should continue to be fun. I think it reminds me a lot of uh the burnout series uh burnout revenge that was a big mm-hmm. mechanic in that as well yeah i played i think the first two burnout games quite a bit back in the day on the gamecube they still hit <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a fun series yeah all right last thing i gotta ask uh you said this game belongs on switch you can't commit to anything yet as far as a switch version i think it absolutely belongs there uh, what can you say about wanting to bring AeroGPX to Switch. I can say that I want to bring AeroGPX to Switch, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> as All of right, right now, like I, I just want to be as honest as possible throughout this entire process, especially since I'm kickstarting it and everything, is I don't want to make uh, promises that I am not absolutely sure that I can keep at this point, and I haven't been approved for Switch development um, I haven't really partnered up with anybody capable of switch development or anything yet, so it's not something I can promise. I will abs- I'd say that Aero GPX belongs on the switch. I absolutely want it there, but I can't I can't like commit to anything. Um, it is a goal. Uh, whether I get there or not remains to be seen, but yeah, I'd love to have Aero GPX on the switch. Would absolutely love it. And Chris, you were saying that it runs well on the Steam Deck right now, so that's that's pretty close. That's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, no, I mean it's it's remarkable how uh, you know we were driving down to Virginia a couple weeks ago, and uh, <clears throat> my wife was driving, and I was in the you know the passenger seat, and uh, I think I played that round of cups in the demo. Probably, I think I did every single like iteration of vehicle type that you could pick, um, just awesome. to see how they all uh, felt. 
Um, but yeah, it's unbelievable how well it runs on the deck. Um, it would fe- it would feel at home on the Switch, but yeah, obviously, you know, there's that has its own host of uh, it's not as open, you know, its own host of hurdles yeah. you'd have to get around for sure. Um, there is a natural. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, go ahead. There, there is a natural process that you kind of have to follow, especially as an indie dev like me, where um, you're very unlikely to be accepted by Nintendo for development on the Switch without an actual like released game on a different platform first. Like, obvi- like I could partner up with somebody else, but that's that's a whole nother thing too. But, but yeah, there, there is a process there. It, it's pretty closed down for for a reason, I think, and. Uh, um, I'm I'm just glad that it kind of runs well on the Steam Deck for now. <laughs> Honestly, for the people that have a Steam Deck, it'll kind of it'll scratch that itch. But uh, yeah, um, eventually, hopefully. Cool. Hopefully. Well, we're gonna move on and talk about some F Zero, but before we do, and and I'll give you another chance to plug at the end of the show. But where can people uh, follow you and uh, check out AeroGPX's development and the demo and everything? So right now you can go onto like the Steam store and you can search Arrow GPX and it'll be there. You can play a public demo. Um, I have a Discord that's also linked on that store page that you could join up and uh, a chat about the game and share your feedback with me and I'll read it. I read basically every message that's sent in there, so um, that's really cool too. Um, there is a Kickstarter. It's funded right now, so only if you've got the cash to burn. If you want to throw uh, some money at the project and hit some stretch goals, because there are some pretty fun stretch goals I think would be pretty cool to have in the game. Uh, but honestly, um, play the demo. Let me know what you think. That's the main thing that I'm concerned about at this point, because uh, I want to make the game as good as I possibly can, and feedback really helps me with that. Have you gotten Follow. any like major pieces of feedback that you're like, oh shit, like this is, you know, like this is a game there's changer some, or Yeah, there's been some bug reports that I've gotten that I honestly really need to look into. Like the game is apparently taking like twenty minutes to boot up on some like two people's computers so far that I've found, which is weird. I need to look into that. Um but there have been some really big pieces of feedback that kind of I don't want to say like rocked me to my core, like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. What am I doing? But um, there have been a couple of things that people have said that I've kind of like, okay, that's like a really good idea or um, just small little things like in time trials, like people are already grinding time trials right now. And there's a guy who was like, why not just make the restart just happen instantly? And you just go back to the starting line, doesn't reset the music, doesn't like do all these things. It literally just resets the timer, gives you a three second countdown and you're time trialing again, time, time trialing again. And I was like, that's actually brilliant. I like I'm just doing the <laughs> the same thing that every other game has done for their time trials before where like you hit the restart button and it kind of fades out, fades back in, does like the cinematic camera shot and then the 3 second countdown. It's like get rid of all that fluff. People are there to like grind out time trials if they're restarting, like make it happen as instantly as possible and I was like you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So uh there have been like a couple of really awesome bits of feedback like that that have been really cool. So yeah, if, if, if I can do a call to action for one thing, it's play the demo, come into the discord and share your thoughts with me because, um, it's, that's just really useful information. 
yeah, and we'll have all those links and stuff in the in the show notes too if you're listening on Spotify or watching on YouTube to go yep. check Aero GPX out. But let's talk about F Zero for a little bit. Let's mostly I think X and GX. Those are the ones that the three of us here are the biggest fans of. I put a lot of time into the into the original on SNES, uh, but then the Game Boy Advance ones I think is where where the series starts to lose steam a little bit. But really, also those games just feel a lot different because the like boost and health being intertwined is only an X, GX, and AX. And then it's like, oh, you get a boost per lap and all of the other ones. So it's just a little different. And there's that weird anime spinoff that the anime never came here, but the game did. And it's, it's yeah, <laughs> the Game Boy <laughs> ones are a different animal. But F-Zero X came out on the Nintendo 64 1998. And Aaron, I know from my conversation last year, this is the one that you've spent the most of your time with. Oh, yeah. Um, I've played... I don't even want to try and calculate. I've played a ton of F-Zero X. Um, enough to... I've gotten... I've completed all the cups on all the difficulties with every single machine on both of the copies that I own. My Japanese <laughs> copy and my English copy. Uh, so wow. I have played a ton of F-Zero X. Uh, I got really into time trialing it for a while. It's by far my favorite of the series. Um, I... I love f-zero x it started whenever i had this like vhs tape i forget for what game it was like mainly promoting but then they did this like little flash of like many different games at the very end of it and even back then like vhs tape it could display at 60 hertz on like a television and i remember seeing that short little flash of like five seconds of f-zero x gameplay where it was like butter smooth and it blew my young mind i was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that game looks absolutely insane. I need to have it. So, like, we immediately started renting it from Blockbuster, Rip Blockbuster, and, like, <laughs> you know, the rest is kind of history. I was I was hooked ever since that moment. The game still looks amazing. Like, it is, it compared to other N64 games, like, if you if you have a Switch at home and you've, you're not really into F-Zero, because not a lot of people are, you've got to go check out F-Zero X, because mm-hmm. it still runs smoother and looks better than pretty much any other N64 games. There are compromises to hit that 60 hertz mark. Like, you, yeah. the, the track is, like, popping in in front of you as you're flying <laughs> in a fog, lot of cases. The yes. fog, like a lot of uh, that generation of game, is pretty thick, but uh, it moves fast and smooth. Yeah, and the, the, the ships themselves are very polygonal, very blocky, but I really like the style of how they look I still. But all that to hit the, the benchmark of 60 hertz is pretty remarkable chris what do you think of f-zero x i mean it's definitely it's one of those those there's a handful of n64 games that when you see it on a crt it looks vastly better than if you're like mm-hmm. emulating it on the switch uh because of that fog like the the switch really kind of like parts the kimono of like the problems that kind of exist with yeah, that game uh-huh. um but uh yeah, playing that on a, on an N sixty four. I mean, there were many many uh, weekend rentals from Blockbuster uh, of F zero X. We didn't own a copy of it, but uh, whenever there was a, you know, we would go in and we were allowed to kind of get whatever it was that we wanted to get. Um, if nothing really stood out, that was kind of the default one that I would pick up. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those games that like I really um, I played. A, a fairly good amount of, and then kind of forgot about. And then when GX, uh, came out, I just kind of randomly discovered that, uh, at a, at a Sam's club with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) 
Outstanding. And then was like, oh yeah. my God, I know what this is. Was it like a demo on a kiosk where you're like looking? No, they used to have or? like the, uh, you used to go into Sam's Club and they would have a bunch of video games for like $17, like specifically. Like it was like, I remember getting that. I got Morrowind. Like there were a lot of random titles like from that generation. Um, but like you would never see it in like a, a Circuit City or a Best Buy. But like I remember mm-hmm. I would always see F-Zero GX and finally one day we picked it up and I was like, this game is amazing. Just yeah. really got sucked into it. If only you could still get GX for seventeen dollars. It's so expensive yeah. now. <laughs> and Chris, you didn't you discover you don't actually own it anymore? Well, when yeah. You through your games, I was going through my games. I don't know what happened to my copy, but um, I had the case still, and I opened it, and there was a copy of Wind Waker in it. <laughs> so I ended up uh, oh. ordering uh, GX on eBay, and you know, now I have it again. But uh, Good, yeah. yeah, I was a little heartbroken when I I went to play it the one day. My F Zero GX is is one of those devastating copies where it's got the it's got the old game crazy sticker on it that says uh, like nine ninety nine MVP price seven ninety nine like oh my gosh ten dollars <laughs> whenever who had this before me bought it and I bought it for much more than that yeah it's yeah those are always kind of a a kick in the butt to get when you get in the mail and it's like oh that's that's brutal <laughs> yeah you could have gone to a store fifteen years ago and bought all these for nothing and now like you were saying earlier, just really inaccessible and expensive. But my my F-Zero experience kind of started with three years ago in 2019 when I picked up a SNES Classic Edition. I was just looking through all the games on there, and I was like, I've never played F-Zero. I've only been an F-Zero fan for like three years. I've never played F-Zero. And so I started on SNES Classic and just got so hooked on that first one. I thought it was so cool to have a Nintendo series as difficult as, as F-Zero is, is, is kind of a rarity. Uh, not, not back then, right? Like games were just harder in general on this, on the Super Nintendo and, and earlier, but to have this racing game so different than Mario Kart, not casual at all, just like really hardcore, but as, as good as it was and polished and it still really feels like a Nintendo game that just really clicked with me. And I'm a racing fan. I, I really like IndyCar racing. So to have a game that is like, I mean, it's not really similar at all, but kind of is. And it's like, it's, and you have to take pit stops, um, take these sharp corners like that. It's just really cool. So then I bought F-Zero X on the Wii U Virtual Console before it was out on N64 on, online on Switch. And I played that one and I was just I was just blown away by that game. I thought it was so incredible. There's a Rainbow Road in F-Zero X as one of the tracks, which is super cool. One of them is literally called Big Hand. And you're driving around like the five fingers of an enormous hand. And it's like one of them has is like icy. One of them just has the, the, the slick ground. And it's like really, really, really hard track. And then there's like the randomizer cup that you unlock after beating everything in the game that just creates like very rudimentary generated tracks they're it's, awful there yeah so it's bad. bad i'm sorry like that's my unpopular opinion but x cup is terrible it's oh i agree but it's still it was still crazy to me and i'm like man 20 years ago this is in there like that was something really yeah. cool and then of course japan got the expansion kit for 64 dd mm-hmm. where you could make your own tracks i've never gotten to mess around with any of that have aaron have you ever gotten to play with the the 64 dd version like on an emulator or anything um i I haven't enough to like remember it in a significant way. I've, I've watched yeah. my fair share of like videos of custom tracks that people have made with the editor and stuff. Um, but I've never really fiddled enough with it for me to, for a, for a memory to stick out in my mind. 
Um, I've always, you know, dreamed of that. It'd be super sick to like, uh, to have an actual like 64 DD and to have that kind of, uh, thing. But we, we've lamented the fact that F zero GX is so expensive to get now. Well, if you ever looked at a, at a 64 DD <laughs> and the, yeah. the expansion kit for F zero, yeah. guess what? It's an order of magnitude more expensive. That'd be super cool. Um, but no, I've never really fiddled with it myself. Um, always kind of uh, dreamed about it. Of course, I think we all know about the. Uh, you mentioned Rainbow Road earlier. The 64DD version of the game has an F Zero X like arrangement of the the original Rainbow Road theme. That's super freaking cool. If you've never heard it, um, but uh, no, I've never fiddled with it. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I know one person who has a 64 DD, but they don't have that game. And I'm like, oh, you got to get that game. You got to track that game down because they have the hardware. They're halfway there. Uh, But then F-Zero GX and AX come out in 2003, the GameCube and arcade counterparts uh, of similar games. And actually, there was an arcade in Oregon I used to go to on family road trips, and they had F-Zero AX there. And that was actually my first exposure to the F-Zero series was like, we're talking over a decade ago at this point where I go to this arcade and play F-Zero AX. And um, eventually on one trip there, the seat broke because the seat had a thing where like it turned, it had a, it had a motor. So it turned with you. Uh, But then that broke eventually, but it just felt so cool to sit in that machine and, and drive around like the different tracks that are in that game that aren't in GX, unless you either have the memory card. uh, If you plug your memory card into the arcade machine or what beat master mode uh, on on every cup, I think it, it's something like that because I, I had never gone. I well, I recently made my pilgrimage to an F Zero AX machine. That's um, awesome. I hadn't until like a couple of years ago, but I live in the Midwest and I finally made a pilgrimage out to Indianapolis where one actually exists. Existed. I don't want to say it still exists. Like, don't use me as like a <laughs> a geolocator for F Zero AX machines that still work or are still around, but. I did make the pilgrimage out to, to experience it once, um, but I had it unlocked on my copy on my GameCube, so it must have been something like that. I don't remember the exact criteria. There is actually a... Somebody on has made like a Google map of every remaining location of an F-Zero AX machine, and it's kept it pretty up yeah. to date because <laughs> this, awesome. this arcade in Oregon, it's... The the AX machine there's gone. I don't know what happened to it, but it's oh, gone. No. And I looked at the Google map and I'm like, it was removed. Like it's not there anymore. So they keep That's it pretty bummer. up to date. There's it's one like there. 10 hours away from me. And I'm like, I got to make a trip sometime. Road trip yeah. to AX. Um, I, I do think it's kind of like a rite of passage of, of anybody who kind of comes in as a new fan to the F-Zero franchise is to make a pilgrimage out to like <laughs> experience an actual F-Zero GX machine because like it's it's special. It's really cool. Um, I would definitely recommend it if you've got one within reasonable driving distance or traveling distance. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a shame. I feel like there should always be like a candlelight vigil held whenever one like, you know. It's <laughs> sent out to pasture. It, yeah. yeah, basically, yeah, out the pasture. Because, like, it's a shame. They're, like, the number is dwindling. It's getting mm-hmm. pretty low. It's yeah. It's kind of scary, actually. It's a shame. Have you ever played one, Chris, AX? I've never played the machine, but I have, like, there's gecko codes for Dolphin if you emulate GX, mm-hmm. where it will, it changes the code, and then it, like, turns into AX. Because um, that's really all 
AX is as, as far as uh, the game is concerned. It's just running on Triforce. Um, but, oh man, yeah, F-Zero AX locations mapped updated. Oh, February 2021, though, like... Oh, oh no, that's old. Oh, yeah, this is old. Been a while. <laughs> Closest one to me. Oh, they had one at MAGFest. Uh, yeah, I think they typically have one out there. Okay. Yeah, I, I've never been to that. I may, uh, I may have to make that voyage this January. Just bring your memory card. Imagine in 2023 plugging a GameCube memory card into an arcade machine to overwrite <laughs> the data. I got to do it. I got to make Warped that happen. back in time. Year. Yeah. Just plug it in and like... Yeah. Next closest one is in Detroit. Allegedly. Wow. I got family out there. Man. Hey, can I come see you for no reason? Just to just to come see you guys, not for anything yeah, else. Yeah, nothing nothing <laughs> crazy. Not, not for F Zero. <laughs> yeah, but then the the one I still do play regularly, that's F Zero GX. I still play it on my original hardware all the time. Like I'm I'm still breaking that game out like monthly and playing through it. And this is my favorite one. I for a while I went back and forth over if I like X or GX more. And I think I did land on on GX side. I love how that game feels. It's a little less slippery than F Zero X's, uh, I think, in its physics. And I think it's still gorgeous. Chris sent me what it looks like in 4K on Dolphin, and it it's <sighs> just the art direction of that game is amazing, and it looks great on the CRT also. And made by Amusement Vision and, and Sega, and man, the same team and director that made Super Monkey Ball, which is like my other favorite GameCube series ever. It's like, man, F Zero GX is lightning in a bottle to me, and. Yeah, I adore that game. I love the tracks, and I'm st- I'm still not that good at F Zero. I can't beat Master Mo- on the last Grand Prix of that thing. I can't do it. It's like I always choke in like the final race. But Aaron, what do you think F Zero GX? Um, I did say earlier that while F Zero X is my favorite, and I've played the most of it, and I love it, I will say that F Zero GX is special. It's there's a reason why people say that it's it's the pinnacle. It's the peak of like arcade futuristic racers because it's it's incredible that's really like the the most basic way that i can describe it is it's just amazing and you need to experience it but uh f0x is badass i really like it um if you want to know a cool little like nugget about where aero gpx kind of came from i originally like I loved playing F-Zero GX with the Rainbow Phoenix in particular. I don't know if you've ever used that machine. Yeah. Um, that was whenever I was like, I want Aero GPX to kind of feel like that with a little bit of F-Zero X thrown in. And uh, I, I do think that it, GX is special. The story mode's great. Um, time trials, trying to beat the staff ghosts is an insane challenge. Um, everything in the game is still an insane challenge to this day. And you mentioned the art direction. It's still an absolutely gorgeous game that runs super smooth on original hardware. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, I love GX. I unfortunately didn't play it until I was in like high school because I think there was a time where I loved F zero X and then I got into like unreal tournament and halo and shooters and stuff. And I kind of forgot about racing games but then back whenever I got into high school and was messing around with like my wat- my modded Wii and stuff, I got a copy of GX. Um, but uh, I've liked it ever since I played it. And that was, I guess, over 10 years ago now that I played it back in high school even. So, uh, yeah, very special game. Very beautiful and amazing. Cool pilots, too. I love the oh, school yeah. who... 
who died in a race, like, or who was the <laughs> champion of a race, like, hundreds. And now he's reanimated as a skeleton, back to win the F-Zero Cup. That's who, that was my go-to car. I always really like racing as that one. Awesome. Yeah, and building the, your own cars is cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, the, the wild, weird names that would sometimes result from putting all the different pieces together. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very cool game. What do you think of GX, Chris? Uh, it's hard. It's hard as hell. I mean, I, I love, I love that game. Um, you know, not to, uh, you know, just parrot everything that's been said. Um, but it is one of the few examples, at least I feel it's one of the few examples in video games where, uh, and I think I've said it before on this show, at least, um, the industry looked at that game and went, this is as well. And I don't want to say that (laughs) with you on the show, because I think arrow (laughs) arrow is an incredible game too. Um, but I think like you're about to say is still true. People are afraid to touch it. Like, I think people are afraid to try and improve upon it because like, how do you improve upon perfection? Um, it's just one of those games. Um, that being said, uh, you know, and I said at the top of the show, like, I think Aero GPX, like, I legitimately believe it is as close to that as we've gotten since then. Like, all these other games that I've tried to force myself to love, and it just hasn't happened um, for one reason or another. I I genuinely believe that, you know, what you are doing is very special um, because... You know, we're dying out here. These Nintendo fans. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And yeah, after GX, you had the the two anime adaptations come out. Only one ever made it over here in GP Legend. I'll be honest with you. I played that game for about an hour. It just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Maximum velocity is okay on on the GBA, but GP Legend, it doesn't feel very good. And then I've never played Climax because it's it's Japan only. I haven't. I saw it at a game store once, but it was like a hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pass on that for now. But yeah, and then it's been eighteen years since with no return in sight for F Zero. And honestly, I don't think they're ever going to. Like I like to believe someday it'll come back, but I really think. I mean, they handed it off to Sega. They made a masterpiece, <laughs> and then that's it. Like they've never <laughs> touched it again. And yeah, Chris, I mean, you're right. It's like, where do you go from there? But also, it just does they just never sold back in the day. Yeah. I think it would sell a lot better now. I, I really do. I think there's an audience out there that would be that would be hungry to try F-Zero on a Nintendo platform. And I'm sure a lot of those people are the same people in the Aero GPX audience. But I just don't think that Nintendo's ever going to touch it. I think that I think that the series is done. Um, I don't. And if it did come back. I'm not sure it'd be like GX. I don't know if in 2022 I see this current Nintendo releasing a game that most people would not enjoy completing because of its difficulty. I just don't see that happening. So, yeah, we'll have to live through through indie projects like this, and hopefully GX gets a re-release. Would be really great to see if that uh, if GameCube games ever came to Switch Online. But yeah, I think that F Zero proper isn't coming back. One Agreed. thing that I've always found. Yeah, I I'm kind of there with you, um, but they've got they've got those uh, the the ship models from Smash Bros. Ultimate now. They've got like the the physically yeah. based materials. They're all updated. It's like, come on, just take those and like even just put like a small game with 15 tracks together. Like, come on, 
I think it. that's what <laughs> that's what kills me with with them and and I've gone on about uh, Star Fox on the show. Um, is that it's yeah, like there's, there's just make problems with that series. I know, but like <laughs> make a twenty dollar game, you know, a fifteen dollar, whatever it's going to be. Like it's not yeah. like you know, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a game developer. I don't know how difficult it is. Clearly, you do, but um, mm-hmm. it seems like the type of franchise that would lend itself well to this smaller, tighter experience. You know, mm-hmm. but one of my favorite things about uh, AeroGX is is going in or AeroGPX is going in and. If I just want to race around, like I, it's not this huge time commitment. It's I can get in, I can do the whole cup in the span of twenty minutes or whatever, and I'm out. Not every game has to be this like ten hour experience, you know. Yeah, definitely. And something I love about just F Zero in general and in this genre of racing games is like something I've really found in the last few years that is like my favorite part about playing games. It's like there it, multiple genres can accomplish this, but those tense moments of like, is this going to be the run? Is it going to be the run? And then you cross the finish line and you're like, yes, that was the run. And you never know when it could happen, right? Yeah. Like it could be 10 more tries. It could be a hundred or it could be right now. And these things only take three minutes. So it's like, sure, I'll do it again. And other games that do that for me is like Cuphead. I just played the DLC of Cuphead. And it's like, you're fighting these bosses. And you mentioned this about development, Aaron. It's how I feel about playing games is just beating your head against the wall. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Celeste does it. F-Zero does it. Monkey Ball does it. Like, when's it going to be the run? And that's something that just really scratches the itch for me when I'm playing games. Is like, it, like, yeah, these runs are all thrown in the garbage, but maybe I learned something. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe it was just a terrible run that's, that's I'm never going to think about again. But there's just something about that gameplay loop that I find really, really addicting in games like this. Yeah, the the classic just one more feeling. Yes. Oh yeah. Just one more. (laughs) For sure. Um, I agree. That's that's an intoxicating feeling about a lot of these like arcade experiences that have kind of withered away as as gaming has changed. You know, the the entire like the entire zeitgeist has shifted to different Mm -hmm. types of experiences. I do think that there's still a lot of value left in in that type of thing yeah absolutely all right that's f-zero we're gonna move on here to egad's emails we're sticking with elliot's suggestion from last week for our name of the segment Uh, and this comes from elliot the namesake of this of this segment (laughs) who says thanks for considering my submission for a question segment name i'd like to hear the panel discuss this if you could create a brand new mario kart item this is pretty topical elliot we're sticking on racing games it works a new mario kart item that was based on a franchise that currently exists in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, what would it be? So the three choices are Splatoon, Zelda, Animal Crossing. Those are the three crossover franchises in Mario Kart 8. And Elliot says, my idea would be Link's Hookshot. It would shoot straight out to either grab enemies, items, coins, or if it grabs on a ramp, it speeds you up. It would be usable a few times similar to the boomerang item. This could also be a fishing pole from Animal Crossing. So we're pitching a new Mario Kart item. Chris, I'll put you on the spot first. So I, uh, it took me a while to think of mine. Uh, my wife thought of one all, like immediately. Like I couldn't believe how quickly she came up with it. Okay. Um, she wanted the, uh, a tornado of Wa- uh, Waluigi's rose petals that you would like throw it and then it would like get caught up in, you know, it, it would spin around uh, different enemies, like either in front or behind you, but it would, you know, you'd let this thing loose. Um, the one that I thought was 
I like the idea of throwing uh, cloves of garlic like uh, Wario. And uh, when somebody hits it, um, your screen gets all green and wavy and everything like that. And your controls become inverted for like a short amount of time. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah. My idea is from Animal Crossing. I think it'd be cool if you could get the shovel from Animal Crossing and then like dig one or two holes on the track that then become pitfalls that uh, that the other racers would uh, that's cool. get stuck in the ground for a couple of seconds. So that's the one I came up with. So I don't know if it'd be like a hidden pitfall trap like the ones in Animal Crossing. I think you'd have to see it. It'd be it'd be unfair if you yeah, see yeah. the hole that you were going to drive into. But yeah, Aaron, any pitches for a Mario Kart item? Um. I was thinking about it, and I forget what the name of it was. I played quite a bit of Splatoon 2, but I'm horrible with, like, just the names of the different, like, equipment and technology in the game. But, like, I... It was, like, I think, like, the Whaler or something. It was, like, a special that you could use with a particular weapon that did this huge, like, call. The Killer Whale. Yeah, Killer Whale. The Killer Whale. Like, I thought that maybe that from Splatoon would be an interesting thing where, like, because I, as far as I remember, there's not really like an instant big like beam sort of item in in Mario Kart, and I yeah. feel like just pr- like it going out from like the front of your uh, your cart and covering like a big area in front of you in a straight line, just like a, a shot, just a beam, the killer whale. I think that would be pretty cool. Of course, it'd have to be something you get in a fairly low position in the race <laughs> because it, it would be really strong, but I think that that would be an interesting thing. It's a good idea. I like that one. Yeah, That's I also like that. Inkling's final smash is the killer wear in, in Ultimate. Oh, That's right. Hey, yeah. There's, there's a yeah. cool little like, cross. Like, hey, you know, sometimes I have good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, send your ideas. What Mario Kart item do you want to see? Send those to toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com or send your own questions for EGAD's emails, toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. And that's our show. Another episode of the Toadstool Boardroom in the books for a weekly Nintendo show here on Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Next week, Sonic Frontiers will be out. Odell will be back. We'll be talking about it. We're not playing it on Switch, but it is on Switch, so we're still going to be talking about it here on the show. But for now, you can find Chris... On Twitter at Shrives93. You can find myself at Logan J. Plants. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. Really enjoyed talking about the game and about F Zero. One more time, where can people find you? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. It was fun. Um, I it, it very much enjoyed talking to you guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter prim- primarily at AaronMac64. Um, you can find Aero GPX, the demo at least, on Steam right now. Um, you can wishlist it if you would like. And then I also have a Kickstarter campaign that is still going right now. You can feel free to pledge to it uh, if you play the demo and you enjoy what you uh, experience from the demo. But that's that's all I've got. Yeah, and that, that Kickstarter ends on, what, November 16? Is that uh, right? I think so. It's It's a Wednesday. November yep. 16th. That, that sounds correct. Yeah. Yep. So that's two weeks from the day we're recording this, 13 days from the day this episode goes out. Go check it out. Arrow GPX. Fantastic looking game and development. And thanks again, Aaron. No problem. All right. And that's our show. Thanks so much for listening to the Toadstool Boardroom. Last time, find the show on Twitter at ToadstoolBR. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time with more in the Toadstool Boardroom.